Welcome to our service for Christ the King Sunday. It's the last Sunday of the church year. Next Sunday is the first Sunday of the church year, the first Sunday of Advent. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. We're all glad you're here. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Our opening hymn is O Worship the King. Let's say the prayer of the day together. O God of power and might, your Son shows us the way of service, and in him we inherit the riches of your grace. Give us the wisdom to know what is right, and the strength to serve the world you have made. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading is from Ezekiel 34. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. A shepherd seek out their 
Please stand for the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, 
and all the angels with him. Then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the, the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. All year long since, can't remember when the first Sunday of Advent was last year, I think it was early December, does anybody remember? Anyway, since then, we've been telling the Jesus story. And now we've come to the end. Next Sunday we'll begin again, telling it a little differently because we'll be reading from different texts. But that's next Sunday, it's not Advent yet. This Sunday, we've come to the end. And because it's the end of the Jesus story, it's the end of our stories, all of us who belong to Jesus. It's the end of the story of salvation, the end of the story of God's creation. Not, not end in the sense of, you know, it's over, it's done, no more, that's it. But end in the sense of completion and fulfillment an end and a fulfillment that will have no end in the other meaning of end. It reminds me of something. Uh, there was this 14th century English mystic, I'm sure some of you have heard of. She, her, her, she was called, <laughs> nobody's sure what her name was, but she was called Julian of Norwich. And she said, this is something that happened to me when I was very sick. It seemed that she was about to die. And the priest came and gave her the last rites to prepare her for death. And then she had what some people now 
rightly or wrongly, would call a, a near-death experience. Or she, she called this experience, or experiences, she said there were 15 showings, and then there was a 16th the next night. We might call them visions, or insights, or revelations, or epiphanies. We can't know exactly what these experiences were, how could we? But she did write two books about them. One soon after she recovered from her illness, and another after 20 or 30 years of thinking and praying about them. It's, these books are remarkable, not just for their contents, but for the fact that they were written by a woman, and they were written in English, not in Latin. She probably didn't know Latin. Anyway, she says, in my folly, before this time, I often wondered why, by the great foreseeing wisdom of God, the onset of sin was not prevented. For then I thought all should have been well. This is a familiar question she's asking back in the 1300s. People have been struggling with this question for a long time. And it goes back much earlier than Julian of Norwich, long before the 14th century. We can find this question in the Old Testament, and I'm sure it goes back further than that. And we still ask it. Why? If God is good, and God is God, you know, loving, all-knowing, powerful, why is there evil in the world? Why is there suffering? Why is there death? Why are things so messed up? Why did God let this happen? Why didn't God, why doesn't God stop these things happening? It's an old, old, old question that we still ask. And Julian said, Jesus, Jesus showed her all that is needed by me, everything I needed to know. And this is very wise. There are things, it seems, that we just can't know. There are questions we can't answer. At least not now. Not in this life or in this world or in this age. Not before the resurrection of the kingdom. But, but Jesus shows her what she needs to know. It was necessary, Jesus shows her this, that there should be sin. And she doesn't say, and she, I think she doesn't know what that means. Exactly why or how was it necessary? What, what, what does that mean, it was necessary? Jesus does not show her that. She doesn't need to know that. And I think probably she can't know that. She only needs to know that God would not have allowed it if it weren't necessary, meaning there are reasons, there's an explanation. But he shows her what she needs to know. So here's the important thing. She's been thinking, if it weren't for sin, all should have been well. Now Jesus tells her, or shows her, but all shall be well. And all shall be well. And all manner of thing shall be well. And that's how the story ends. All shall be well. God will repair the damage, make things right, bring joy out of suffering and life out of death, and creation will be redeemed. 
and we will be redeemed and the dead will be raised and the kingdom will come. In our gospel reading, Jesus says people who feed the hungry and care for the sick, who make a place for people who don't have a place, people who care about and help those who need help and care, the weak, the suffering, the stomped upon in the kingdoms of this world, they are blessed. They will inherit the kingdom of God. And people who ignore the difficulties and sufferings of others or refuse to help will not. He says, whatever we do or don't do, for the least and the last we do or don't do to him. Because these people and what happens to them are important to them. He in some way identifies with them. He loves them enough that what we do to them, we do to him. Jesus warned us many times not to mistake the way our society operates or the kingdoms of this world for the way God's kingdom operates. The first in the kingdoms of this world would be last in the kingdom of God, and the last will be first, he said. Quite a few times he said that. Ezekiel is saying something like that, too. Ezekiel begins by talking about bad shepherds, just before what we heard. And in the ancient Near East, we have to remember, shepherd, that was a metaphor for king. So he's talking about bad rulers. You know, kingdoms not ruled by God's love and justice and mercy. He says, you bad rulers, you bad shepherds, you eat the fat. You clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings. But you do not feed the sheep. You have not strengthened the weak. You have not healed the sick. You have not bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strayed. You have not sought out the lost, but with force and harshness you have ruled them. Thus says the Lord God, Ezekiel says, I will rescue my sheep. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. So now God is king. This is the reign of God. And I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost. I'll bring back the strayed. I'll bind up the injured. I'll strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong, I will destroy. I'll feed them with justice. I will judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and goats, between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, the weak and the strong. And that's the picture that Jesus takes up in Matthew. So, there's a warning here that we can't ignore. There's also hope and, and, and comfort. What this Sunday means and what these readings and others are saying to us is that the good news is true. There is salvation. There will be salvation. Christ is risen and we will rise with him. The kingdom, the reign of God will come and has begun. Things will be put right. God's creation will be redeemed, recreated, and all shall be well. And all shall be well. And all manner of things shall be well. Let's listen to all hail the power of Jesus' name.
Let's confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Clinging to the promise of abundant life and resurrection, let us pray for the Church, the world, and all of God's creation. Each petition will end with the words, Hear us, O God. And then we will finish that with, Your mercy is great. Ruler of the universe, bring your wisdom to all the churches of the world. Strengthen our proclamation of the gracious reign of Christ to all people everywhere. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. God of power, guide all peoples into ways of justice and truth. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. God, our shepherd, you are the source of life. Surround those who struggle with illness or other difficulties of life and bring them to wholeness and healing. In particular, those we name before you, those we know and love, and those we don't know who have no one to pray for them. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. God, crucified with and for us, Guide our lives in service to you through love and care for all your children. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. You who raised Jesus from death, help us as we face our own death and the death of those we love to trust in your promise to bring us from death to life. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Receive these prayers, O God, and give us all we need for this day and the days to come. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let's say the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The blessing is from Ephesians chapter 3. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, God may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. 
I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God be with you. God bless you. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.